Welcome to the Women Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Lisette Esquivel. This show is part of the section Women Who Inspire, where you will learn stories and experiences of successful female expats from all over the world. They will share with us the secret that nobody is willing to tell you about living overseas. Welcome to another episode of Women Abroad. My name is Lisette Esquivel, Global Editor and Wellm.com, Section Women Who Inspire. And today we're going to travel to Czech Republic with Marimar. So I will introduce uh, a little bit about her, her story. Marimar, oh my gosh. Marimar, tell me again your, your last name because, oh. <laughs> it's classic. It's classic. It's classic, yeah. Oh, so she's German-Spanish. She has been an expat her entire life, living abroad in a different culture since she was two months old. Her last five years, uh, no, five and a half years, she lived and worked in Dubai, where she, together with her husband, built an LLC for long-distance real estate investing in the USA. Both enjoyed the process and successes, so much that they decided to expand their, their real estate business, uh, Dopal, Dopal Real Estate, to Czech Republic. Now, Marimar is the luxury project manager for Keller Williams, Czech Republic, as well as focusing her strength in social media for Dopal Real Estate, so putting into practice her digital marketing skills. So Marimar, welcome to Women Abroad podcast. Thank you for being here with us. Today Thank you so us. much for the invitation. So you, your life is very interesting. You know, you have lived your entire life uh, overseas. So tell us a little bit about your story. Um, you, you, you were born and you, and two years, uh, two, two, two months old, you moved. Tell us a little bit about your <laughs> Your long oh, oh journey. Yes, yes. Pleasure. <laughs> Until so, you arrived to Czech Republic. Until I arrived to Czech Republic. So, uh, as you just said, I was two months old when my parents, they already knew before I was, uh, I was born that they were going to move to Costa Rica. So, uh, two months after I was born, they moved there. We were living there for five and a half years. My siblings were born there, so they're little ticos. Uh, afterwards, we moved to uh, El Salvador for around five years. Then we went to uh, Bogota, Colombia for a year and a half. We moved back to El Salvador. Then uh, it took us back to Europe. We were in Spain for a while in Madrid. And then afterwards, it was Munich, where I also went to university. I had a short stint for half a year in Singapore while I was doing that. And then once I finished my university degree, I went to Dubai and uh, that's where I met my husband. We did uh, what you were just telling uh, the audience. We uh, built an LLC. We uh, invested from Dubai in the US in real estate. Uh, we enjoyed it so much that we said we want to do this full time. So we took our business to the Czech Republic. So uh, um, that's how we came here. And but why did you move to Czech Republic? My husband is Czech. Oh. My husband is Czech. And uh, I said, listen, if we're going to go to the Czech Republic, it has to be Prague. I, I meet the city. I love the city. And uh, it has to be the capital also because 
Uh, my family's everywhere around the world, so I need an airport to just have everyone come and visit me and for me to just take a flight and be gone and visit them. I mean, normally. Oh, I see. So, and do you enjoy your life in Czech Republic so far? Just, much, yes. I, I mean, it's been a bit difficult with the current situation, but uh, the people are very nice. I surround myself a lot with expats as well. So um, I do not speak Czech just yet. So that is, it, it is the first time in my life that I'm living in a city and country where I do not speak the language before I was always capable of doing my own things. So that, that's uh, the first time I experienced this here, um, but I'm enjoying it very much. I mean, coming from uh, Munich, it is very similar. You know, it's a smaller city. The, the, the food is similar. The, the mentality can be similar, not so much, but I, I do see a lot of parallels there as well. So, um, so far, so good. And well, now that you mentioned about the language, what is the reason that you still are not speaking the language? It's because it's so very complicated. You are not interested. Or you think that you are going to move soon. So why? No, I intend to stay here for a while, definitely. Um, it is a very complicated language. Yeah, so um, one of my, it, it took me, I think it took me two weeks to say the word ice cream, which is zmerzlina. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, complicated. <laughs> So it, it is a bit complicated. I do believe that by now, you know, uh, you pick up a lot along um, uh, along the way from from the language. But um, I, I I did take an intensive um, Czech course last year. But you know, I'm cheeky, so I see that you can get along quite well with English in Prague. So the pressure is not so big right now. So I can focus my energy on something else than. Uh, studying the language but it's there I, I will do it eventually because part of my family they're Czech so I do want to be able to communicate with them so so people what can people survive in Czech Republic just speaking English absolutely especially in Prague maybe if you go to rural places as is I think in any place in the world it's a bit more complicated but you know what um, if you want to communicate hands and feet you know, you, you will be able to somehow point at what you want to eat or want to drink. So if people want to communicate, they will be able to communicate. That is my mm -hmm. Interesting because, you know, when I talk to other people, uh, for, for example, in Switzerland, if you don't speak any of the four languages of, that are official, you cannot survive. Only with English, forget it. No, maybe well, for I'm, basic things, but no. I, I, but I sometimes I'm not, uh, and I don't know if this is the case in Switzerland, but I do, I have experienced or observed people snob other people just because they don't speak their own language. But I think that the root cause is different. But I, I have to say here, if you, if you order food, if you go to the supermarket, if you go to the flower shop, people speak English. And as I say, worst case, you just point. Right. Yeah, yeah, because you live in the capital. So always in the capital, it's easier to get, you know, people for the tourism, people have to learn uh, other languages. That's yes. great. Okay, uh, for example, and in your case, um, how many years have you been living in Czech Republic? Uh, we're approaching one year now. One year now. And in Dubai, you live around five years? Five, five and a half years, yeah. So that, that was quite the, the, the switch from 
Dubai, which is such a big city, and um, to to come to Prague, but um, it's very charming here. So um, I yes, do miss Dubai sometimes, but uh, it's also very nice here, you know. You know, when, when I remember that at one time I talked to a woman who, who used to live in Prague many years ago, mm -hmm. around 10, 10, 10 years ago. And she told me that she was very surprised because everybody says, oh, Paris, the most beautiful city in the world. But when she went to Prague, she said, Lisette, forget it. Forget yeah. it. Prague is the, the most beautiful city in the world. Pra Paris is very overrated. She mentioned that. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but... Paris has its charm as well. I mean, um, personally, nothing tops French food for me. I'm a foodie. Um, the food here is quite hearty, so it's it's not as sophisticated, I want to mm. say, like very carefully. But um, you know, they they eat well here. So, um, I, I, but I, I do understand what the what the lady meant. It has so much charm, especially now. You know, you see the cherry trees are are starting to blossom, and uh, there's there's this there's something in the air. You just need to come here and be here and then you'll understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I was curious when she, I thought this woman uh, has trouble around the world. And mm -hmm. if she's saying that, it's because there is a point. So there someday, a point. someday I will, I will discover if she's right or wrong. And uh, you are from, from, you are half Spanish, half German, uh, Spanish and German. So. Correct. What stereotypes did you face? Uh, maybe in your case it's not, but um, not very important. But I have to say that um, to say the question: What stereotypes did you face for being Spanish German in Czech Republic? Have you noticed? Personally, you know, I've been welcomed with arms so wide. I was a bit overwhelmed by it, um, especially being German. Um, the German language—that's uh, a golden ticket here at the moment. They are looking for a lot of German speakers because they, they have this, um, there's this atmosphere of they want to expand. So they also want to build bridges to other countries, which is, I think it's mm -hmm. a very interesting time to be here. And um, generally living abroad as a German, I always um, was welcomed. I never faced any issues because they know Germans, you know, we, we work hard, we're on time. You Respected, know. very rigid, yes, <laughs> but yes. successful so, as well. <laughs> so, so when we work, we work, we focus. And then afterwards we, you know, we leisure time, we, we take it easy as well, but when we work, we work. So, so uh, in your case it's better, your car, I'm German than Spanish, works better. <laughs> well, you know what, when I work, I work like a German, but when I party, I party like a Spanish person. So I have a good mix of both things. <laughs> the best of them is you're very smart. <laughs> Okay, so, but anyways, um, maybe what challenge um, did you encounter and how did you overcome them, if there is any? So the general challenge I face here, but to be honest, I think I would have that wherever I went after being in Dubai for such a long time. It just take, it takes a while until you adapt to something new. And I remember reading one time that it takes like three years to get used to a new place. So the first year, you know, everything is new. The second year you start comparing like, oh, but this is how it was there and this is how it was here. And then the third year is when you actually start really belonging there. And I have the feeling I'm starting to get into the second phase where I'm comparing a lot like, oh, I missed this. It was easier here, but here I have this. So this is nice as well. So it goes a big, you know, back and forth right now. Um, 
but um, as I said, with the, with the language, which I would have expected to be the biggest hurdle, I did not. They do have offices where they speak English. So uh, they have a big expat community. So people can go there and communicate. And in the worst case scenario, I'm very lucky. My husband, he calls for me. So when I, when I really, if, if I feel like I cannot communicate, especially if it's over the phone because the body language is missing, my oh, husband yeah. is, is uh, of great value there, definitely. So basically the language is uh, the yes, challenge that you're me. facing right yes. now. And yes. comparing Dubai with, uh, I guess, uh, can you tell us the differences between, uh, uh, for example, you work in Dubai and now you work in, in Czech Republic. Tell us the differences that you, you see or you notice in the work culture, for example. How's that? the house to work in Dubai and house to work in Czech Republic. So in Dubai, it's, it's interesting because it's such a melting pot and people come and go all the time and they bring their own culture as well to, to work. And, um, as I just mentioned, you know, I, when I work, I work and then uh, certain colleagues, I would observe like, Oh, okay. So it's time to work and they're doing this or they're doing something else. And I wonder like, why is that? So, as uh, it, it became so big for me at one point that I thought like there's a parallel to see like how their countries are running to the way they they work if you know what I mean so um it, it was a bit challenging also because you need to be careful how you address people you, you know the the cultures are very different so you need to be very switched on and uh, respectful all the time because you don't know how how they um, do things back home and they don't understand how you do things back home, etc. So always keep that in the back of, of your mind. Um, here it's European, so I know the, the ambience, right? So um, it's also a bit different because uh, being in real estate here, I don't need to go to an office all the time. So I can also work from home or I can meet clients, etc. So the work dynamics are a bit different. And also just to clarify, while I was in Dubai, I was, I was based in Dubai, but I was working in aviation. So also I was flying most of the time. So my workspace was with different colleagues every shift. Mm -hmm. Okay, but uh, we had the same training. So I mean, the training, this is what got us together where we understood like this is what is expected. And um, then the culture comes into play as well. So it was very dynamic all the time. Can imagine. So you, so according to what you you are saying, in Czech Republic, uh, the work culture are more flexible. It's more flexible. From what I've experienced so far, mm -hmm. yes. But it might also just be the environment I'm in at the moment, right? Um, but this is what I've experienced. Yes. And in Dubai, there are a lot. I see that the difference also is about that. So a lot of uh, nationalities together in the same place, and maybe in Czech Republic's more, maybe expat from from Europe. That that's it. Not like in Dubai, that ninety percent of the people are expat. Right. No. No. Right. So so of course, I, I mean here the the locals um, outnumber the expats. Where in Dubai, it's the other way around. As you just said, I think eighty five percent in Dubai were expats, and the rest yeah. are actually locals. But um, it works beautifully in Dubai, and I have the feeling here it works as well. You know, everyone has their system, and you need to 
adapt a little bit to your surroundings as well. I believe if you're an expat, if you go somewhere to work, um, you need to accept that, that, you know, you need to re be respectful of the culture as well if you go there. Okay, in the leadership, it's, do you notice a difference in the way that, the, 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 you know, the leaders in, in the different countries uh, behave mm -hmm. with the employees or? Yeah, so in Dubai, I've come across everything. So there have been very power hungry individuals who make you feel um, very little. Uh, so obviously that's not very pleasant, but they have been amazing leaders as well um, that show you the way and they support you and you really have the feeling to have your back. So that is, of course, an amazing way to go to work. And here I, I'm very lucky to have an amazing um, franchise owner who I work with for the luxury department. So we're developing it together. And uh, she, she's a visionary and uh, she has lived abroad as well. She went to Harvard. Uh, she, she's an amazing woman and I'm very, I feel very blessed to have met her and that she's giving me this great opportunity here to start my career and to support me. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. So congratulations. Uh, it seems like uh, you're, uh, you're, very, you're very lucky for having that, that leader. Uh, so tell us about your work. You're a real estate specialist. You and your husband have the, this real estate company, and also mm -hmm. you work in Keller Williams. So tell us more about what you do uh, in simple words, because we are not expert in real estate. What is specifically, what, what, do you, what you do, and what is, what is your role, uh, mm -hmm. and, or, or, and, and the role of the company? What, what can you do for, for the people in, okay. in, in the both, uh, in your own company and in the other one? Okay, so uh, basically it works like this. My husband and I were brokered by Keller Williams and we tried to find our own clients, you know, to, to help them with whatever needs they have to buy, sell, invest in Czech Republic, even abroad, because we have international connections to Dubai, Costa Rica, Mexico even. So uh, it's very diverse. Also Germany, of course. And then I have my other um, part of my job is where I meet my boss and we discuss, discuss how we're going to develop the luxury department. Um, I come from service delivery in Dubai, so I learned a lot about what it means to really, you know, have an experience for a customer and the customer service is just so important. And um, I've never witnessed anything like they do in Dubai when it comes to customer service, so they're top notch. So I'm trying to bring all of the things I learned and I was taught to uh, the luxury branch here and we're trying to develop it from its core to, uh, to launch it soon here. Great. So in, you also mentioned that your role in, it's uh, uh, about digital. So you are in charge of the social media or? Yes, yeah, so, so we're also uh, trying to build up a social presence and I, last year I did a diploma in digital marketing. So I'm slowly trying to develop the theory I learned into action uh, through our um, social media for Dopal Real Estate. So in, in the so when you in the company, for example, if I'm a client, if, to understand, uh, mm -hmm. if I am a customer and say, oh, Marimar, I want to move to, I live in Germany and I want to move to Mexico, you can help me to get a to buy, to, to buy a house. I could, yes, I could because I have colleagues in Mexico, so I could refer that person if they want to buy something. If they want to move there, uh, there are also companies that 
help people to move. You know, they help them with, with the papers, etc. We we're not focusing on that at the moment. We could, but not just now. Um, that's not our main focus. Uh, when it comes to social media, I'm trying to create funnels to, to know like, okay, how can we capture people and, uh, you know, just make Instagram nice and Facebook and LinkedIn. And I have so many ideas, but so little time. So it's, it's going a bit slower than I thought, but the ideas are there. And I'm pretty sure, you know, once everything is rolling, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I asked because, the, uh, as I mentioned, I'm not an expert in real estate. And for example, some real estate what, what companies, they get you, uh, well, they buy or, or they, mm -hmm. they, yeah, you can get a house with them. Also, or in another case, they just develop, develop, um, I don't know, uh, in, in, um, in an area, I don't know, mm -hmm. like a, a building of apartments yeah. and, uh, and, and you just, and, you know, that's the, the, the thing. In the case of this company, what is the... The, the, um, the connection. The conne uh, no, no, no. What is the, the, um, uh, the company, the function for the clients? It's just to um, sell houses or, mm -hmm. or just develop um, the, some, I don't know, buildings or whatever and okay. resell them to another big company. So how it works? It really depends on what uh, the mission is, but usually developers, you know, they have their plans and uh, they have their interested parties that might be investing in uh, for them to actually build these buildings. And then as a real estate agent, if you work with them, you, you get the, the people to then rent it out or maybe to buy it so that the initial investors get their money back. So it really depends on what you're doing, but uh, we're not, at least at the moment, working with a developer company exclusively. I know there's some, uh, some real estate agents that do that, but we haven't been in the market long enough for people to know us. So we're still working um, on that department. Okay, so you, your company, Dopal, it works directly with uh, Keller Williams, right? Yes, yes. So okay. all the trainings, all the knowledge we get from Keller Williams. But then again, I mean, we work independently. So it's not like Keller Williams is giving us a list of clients they have. It's not like that. We need to find our own clients and um, prospecting, etc. So that's on us. That's our job. Okay. It's complicated, so still not get it, but <laughs> still not get it exactly what you do, but well, it sounds nice. <laughs> oh. It is, it is. It is such a nice job, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, can, do you think that Czech Republic is a country where uh, there is uh, diversity and inclusion? I think they still need to work a little bit on that one. But then again, if I'm honest, if I take a walk outside, I don't see uh, so much diversity. It's still mostly Caucasian from what I've observed. Maybe it's also just the areas I'm in, but uh, they're, they're, they're working on it as any other country is in their European Union, I believe. Mm, yeah, it's not the same in Germany or... Uh, maybe Spain also, there are a lot of uh, expats. And uh, what about well-being? It's a place where there is well-being? I, I, I do believe so, yes. 
So uh, they, they do have a little spa culture. They have beer spas and they, they go to sauna. They, they, they're quite healthy people, actually. So they, they're very outdoorsy. They, they go for hikes the entire weekend, canoeing. They love tenny, tennis. They have very good tennis players as well. So very, very fit people, I would say, in general. They, they very sporty. <laughs> yes, they, they are. They are. So nice. I, I, I do believe there is that well-being as well. And okay, now let's talk about the basics of the, 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 the country. Tell us about the food, some dishes that everybody should taste if they move to Czech Republic. So the first one, and I'm pretty sure every Czech person will agree with me, it's called svičkoga, which is tenderloin. And it comes with a very nice sauce and some dumplings. It's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. If it's done right, it melts in your tongue. It's that soft. It's very good. And another one, uh, which is my personal favorite, are fruit dumplings. So basically, it's a dumpling made out of quark. Quark is like a bit thicker yogurt. Mm. And inside, they, they have either, depending on the season, they have either blueberry filling or plums, etc. So that's fantastic. So like a kind of bowls of yogurt? Yogurt? Yes, but it's, uh, it's, it's uh, very thick. So it's thicker than yogurt, but I know that in Latin America, they don't have quark. So just to explain how it looks like. Kind of, okay. So, so, so it's a dairy product, but it's very thick. Wow, interesting. Very nice. It's very good. <laughs> so it's a sweet, it's sweet. Uh... Yes, it's a sweet dish. Usually they, they make a little sauce out of butter, sugar, and poppy seeds. Very good. Trust nice. me. Very good. <laughs> yummy, yummy. <laughs> what else? One other. Uh, what, what, what else? I, I find that they have very similar cuisine to uh, uh, what I know from back home. So they also have a lot of sauerkraut and um, they have um, marinated cheese, which you can find in the, if you go to the pubs here. So, so, so that one is very strong in taste. So you, you eat it basically with some, some bread and sometimes you can even take some raw garlic and uh, put it there on the, on the bread. So that's very good. And then they have very good beer. Oh yeah, they're very famous for the beer. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, so the beer is actually very, very nice. And uh, if you travel around here, you will find beer spas. So the, they have tiny breweries and then they will um, let you bathe in beer and then you will get a facial out of yeast from the beer which they brew so it's it's quite uh quite exciting if you it's, ever it's something different something different it's i never so heard it's so much fun it's very nice and of beer course you spa. drink beer while you're bathing in beer and having a yeast face mask so that's that's a lot of fun well, if you love the beer, because in my case, I hate beer, so. Oh, no. For me, yeah, it's like, no, yeah, no, so, no, so no, sad. No, don't worry, because the Moravian part of the country, they, they're also well known for their wines. So you can go for oh, wine. I know wine. So, so don't worry, they also have wines. Uh, that, that is good news for, for people yeah. who don't like <laughs> beer. Okay, and lifestyle, how, how the, the people in Prague um, spend their time? You always mention a little bit about sports, hiking, yeah. but what else? What else? So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of culture in Prague. Whatever big happens in the Czech Republic usually happens in Prague. So, you know, museums, um, concerts, etc. It's all here. 
So they have a very big offer, which you would find in any other city in Europe as well. So depending on your likings, you just go out and, and do it, right? So um, you can go from cheap to very expensive, depending on your budget. And I mean, if you really have nothing else to do, you just go and take a walk along the river, which is so beautiful. Wow. I remember that this woman that I mentioned before, that uh, he, she used to live in Czech Republic. She lived in, pra in Prague. Told me about the auction. I don't know if it's a normal auction art. Uh, no. Auctions about art, you know. I don't know. In, in her time, when she lived in Prague, she mentioned about uh, auctions, all this stuff. But I don't know if it was something random or really it's something common in, in Prague. So I have heard about it. So maybe, you know, when things are open, there might be something, but nothing comes to mind right now. So maybe there, there was an auction at that point, which she enjoyed, but um, I, I honestly don't know. Sorry. No, no, no problem. It's okay. And also it's maybe an experience, you know, when you're focused on yeah. her, she was, she returned to USA and she told me I, I'm very frustrated because in Prague, I used to go to the museums, all the stuff. And here in the States, you know, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And I remember something about art, but maybe it was some particular time. It was 10 years ago. So the uh, situation changes. Uh, and tell us about the culture and costume tradition, something that you you can mention about costumes, traditions. Yes, yeah, so it's very interesting because uh, I think the Czech Republic is number one country in the world of being atheist. So most people, they don't follow a specific religion. However, they do celebrate Christmas and Easter. So they will go to church, etc., and pay their respect and go to the, to the cemetery as well. So that's something that strikes me as very interesting. They still have that tradition there, even though they don't practice it anymore, at least most of the people I've met. So, so that is something very interesting. And do they have the, mar the Christmas markets? Oh, yes, yes, they do. They do. And it's so gorgeous. They, they have a big Christmas tree in the middle of the city center. And I mean, everywhere around the city center. And they have these little stalls where you can get sausages or you can get some mulled wine, which is uh, very nice when it's cold and you, you know, it's, it's, it's just fantastic time to be here. And uh, they actually have the Christmas markets open for a longer time than they do in Germany. Germany, traditionally, on the 23rd of December, they close them. And here they have them open, I think, until, until the 8th of January. So even after Christmas, mm -hmm. you can go with your family for a stroll and just, you know, meet friends and drink some wine and have some snacks. Wow. So it's a good tradition about the, the, the uh, Christmas. It's speak for them. Yes. So, so at home, you know, traditionally here, they will have uh, fish. They will have carp with the family which they get fresh from the um from the fishermen that bring it in barrels to to sell it on the street basically and then they will make potato salad and you know they they um for, for me they celebrate it like we do in germany so on the 24th you will have christmas dinner you will be elegant and you will exchange gifts okay so yeah. but any other traditions uh, out of out of uh, religions uh Situation? No, no tradition. Something that something that they celebrate in a particular way. For example, here in Mexico, we celebrate. Uh, you know, death is very important for us, and we celebrate it uh, with. A that's very famous. You know, the way that we celebrate. Uh, it's kind of nothing in a holiday or something. 
No, not that I'm aware of. No, I, I hope I'm not missing something important here, but um, nothing comes to mind. No. Well, no, the, you know, not all countries have uh, so much tradition or customs. And for, in the case of women, um, is really a safe place? Is it a safe place for women? Yes. yes. So, so I, you know, to walk around and. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've observed like um, people are so uh, uh, are gentlemen, you know, they, they will get up for you in the uh, in the tram or in the metro to let you sit down, especially if you're pregnant, or if you're an older, elderly person, they will let you sit down. So um, very, very educated, you know, they're also very polite, the way they talk, etc. So, and to come back to your original question, yes, I feel absolutely safe. And um, I I mean, general caution as you would in any city, right? So if, if you feel it's a dodgy alley, just don't go there. But other than that, I think um, it's absolutely safe for women. Wow, crack. Mm. Yes. Good to know, you know, not all places have this uh, benefit for, for women. And uh, the accommodations, now that you, and also that you work in real estate, you can yeah. say with numbers, very specific, Compare, um, for example, the, uh, an apartment in an area that is not so, maybe so modest, but not so fancy, you know, middle, in the middle for middle class. Mm -hmm. How much uh, does it cost to rent a, an apartment in Dubai? How much in Germany, for example, if you have the number? And how much in Czech Republic in order to compare the, um, the fees in euros? Yeah, so it depends a little bit of if the uh, house inside is renovated or not. And the, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about Prague now. So um, I've seen, you know, very, very nice apartments that are very small, but the uh, allowance they, they would, or the, the rent they would ask of you is very high because then they have, you know, a private cellar for wines, et cetera, downstairs. So it gets from that posh to um, very, uh, I want to say <laughs> rundown apartments as well. So um, I think that there's a lot of investors uh, buying these sort of apartments and making them nice. You see when you when you go online, you see a lot of Airbnb businesses that are from private people that are running Airbnbs. So this is something that also due to the pandemic has changed a little bit. So they're trying to rent them out full time. But uh, you, you will see a lot of very gorgeous Airbnbs in very good locations. Whereas but in numbers, if you can give, an, I, it's difficult because, but just to have an idea, how much uh, uh, for an apartment in, or, or for a house in an area that it's middle class, for, you know, for, for middle class and just I want to say that the, the cheapest I've, I've seen, and this is still Prague, was uh, around 450 euros for a one-bedroom apartment and uh, one bedroom meaning one bedroom and then you have another room which is the kitchen and uh, the living room right mm -hmm. so uh, I want to say 60 square meters squares uh, square meters so that will be around 430 if I remember correctly but that was already a bit outside of the city center and then I mean you can go all the way up Okay, and how much for the same space in Dubai or Germany, how much would you pay for that? So I want to say generally the, the apartments in Dubai are bigger and way more generous because they have the space. 
So you will always find at least two, uh, uh, one bathroom and one toilet separate, like one full bathroom, one toilet, and then uh, you will have very big, normally you will find very big uh, bedrooms and quite spacious living rooms as well. And I want to say, depending again on the area and in Dubai, it really depends where you're living. Um, if you live in a modest area, you will be paying for a one bedroom apartment. I want to say around 800 euros. 800. It's yeah. more expensive, but it's because it's bigger. It's more expensive, but it's also bigger. Yes. And also in, in Dubai, people earn more usually than uh, uh, the average in Czech Republic. Mm, interesting. Yeah, it's logical. Uh, you, yeah. you, you make more money, it's, it's more expensive, but you pay more rent, you know, it's yeah. more So, so the, the lifestyle in Dubai can be very expensive. Here, you, you do see a difference between the capital and if you compare it with a city like Brno, which is the second biggest city, but it's almost half the price in rent than it is uh, in the in the capital. And in Germany, do you have an idea or not? Um, in Germany, I can roughly say that uh, everything is going up from what I've observed, but uh, I haven't been active in the German market. And this is just hearsay. Um, it's quite expensive, especially in cities like Hamburg, Berlin, and Munich. It's going up that uh, people are trying to uh, um, build a law against it because they're for, for a 60 square meter apartment, they're asking one and a half thousand euros. What? So that's a lot of money. That's almost half of what you probably earn if you're a good earner. And then you need to pay taxes. So it's uh, it's getting a bit out of hands. And as far as I know, they're not building enough. Where in Dubai, it's cranes everywhere and they're, they're building like crazy. Interesting to know the differences in, in each uh, area, you know, in each, in, in each country. And well, you, we talk about the language. Now, uh, tell us about the weather. How's the weather in Czech Republic? It's, it's like in Germany, I must say. So it can, it, it, you can have very beautiful days where it's sunny and, uh, and nice. And then you have 10 days where it's raining and it's a bit gray. So um, it's quite a change from Dubai where it's always sunny. But uh, I'm, I'm used to this kind of weather from when I was still a student, so I learned how to cope with it. But uh, the, the air outside is always fresh. Like, I don't have the feeling like uh, there's too much pollution here. Whereas in Dubai, sometimes you could not see far just because of the smog. Yeah, so but for example, does it snow in, in Czech Republic? Yes, yes, it, it snows. Actually, we, we had snow, I think, last week even. So this year, the spring is really taking its time to come. But uh, yes, you have all four seasons in the Czech Republic. Yeah, because some, some, some countries, they have more winter than mm -hmm. other. But in, in Czech Republic, it's like uh, they have the four seasons clearly, or, or it's more, cold, more winter, uh, no, the, the weather clear it's it's usually i want to say it's three months every, well maybe the, the summer is a bit feels a bit shorter <laughs> but uh compared to dubai where you have hot or very hot and this is all you have um it, you have all four seasons here so now this spring is arriving things are gonna start blossoming and then later in autumn you have these beautiful leaves you know that are golden red and brown and you know this is just so elegant i love it 
And what is the best day to visit uh, Czech Republic? If I'm a tourist and I want to visit, what is the best uh, month or, or this period of the time that you suggest people should go for the weather, the good weather? I'm not a fan of summer, especially if I go as a tourist because I don't want to feel like sweating all the time when I'm walking around. So I would suggest either spring or autumn, unless you come for the Christmas season to see all the, the Christmas markets and enjoy that, but then you will have to wear a coat, which is not even that bad when you, when you go sightseeing. You know, I prefer to, to wear a coat than to, to be sweating. <laughs> yeah, but for example, for the people in Latin America, we're not used to, to, you know, to the snow. So for us, yeah. it's very complicated and it's very uncomfortable uh, okay. to go outside with the snow because we're not used to. So some, no, some people suggest that we don't go. Yeah. Then, then probably spring, and if you're okay with the with the heat, I mean, it doesn't get so hot here anyways, then then summer is fine as well. Yeah, yeah, each, each place is different. For example, a woman told me that to go to Paris, it's better mm -hmm. in Anados, for example. Okay, so no, it, it really depends on your personal preference, and also each season has its charms and has its highlights. Like, you know, when, when, when you have in spring, you, you might have a bit more like music outside. And then in summer, it's more focused on this. So you always have something to look forward to and to come back to visit. Well, it depends on your, 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 um, your, yeah, your, your style, your taste, because, uh, yeah. for example, for Christmas, for people who love Christmas would be amazing for the markets yeah. and the, the lights and all the stuff. <laughs> But if you hate the weather... <laughs> Yeah, weather, is, it, it's a thing, but then again, if you're enjoying your time, then what is a little rain or a little snow, I guess, at the end of the day? Yeah. Oh, okay, if you could uh, say, uh, you could say, what are the do's and don'ts to live in Czech Republic? What would you say? The do, if you live there, and the don'ts, if you live in Czech Republic? You know, this one is a bit difficult for me to say because I haven't observed anything like it. And as I said, I mostly am around expats as well. So um, I think, you know, just observe what are people doing. If, if you see here people, you know, they, they wait until the light goes green. So you do the same, you know, you don't just run over the, uh, the street, like little things like this is where I... I always observe how, how are people behaving outside. So I try to adapt a little bit to that. You know, for example, if you're in New York, people just walk. They don't care if, if, the, if the traffic light is green or red or yellow or blue, they, they do whatever they want, they're, they're in a hurry. So I, I adapt a little bit to that. So I would suggest, you know, if, if you come here, do, do as the locals. Okay, but many suggest, you know, things that you should do and things that you not should do if you live in Czech Republic? No, there is no specifics. No, just, just a, a personal petition if you could not get drunk on the streets because you see a lot of tourists doing this, you know, with uh, the beer being so um, cheap here as well. So this is something, uh, if I can consider myself as a local now, is something we don't like to see. I don't think... Um, you come here to do that, like show a little bit of respect and people will be happy to have you. I can't even, oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there are some people who, who don't Think care. Yeah. yeah. He, and for example, when someone moves to, to Czech Republic, what mm -hmm. places they should visit first? The basics. 
the basics is you need to come to Prague. You need to, to walk around. It's, it's a very walkable city, so you don't need to drive anywhere. And as I mentioned before, there are so many Airbnbs, so you can be just in the city center. You step outside and you can just have a wonderful walk. Then um, once you've done this, there are also like very, very nice places to visit around. Um, castles, they have so many castles in the Czech Republic, very charming. And uh, then there's other cities like Carlo Vivari, which is known for its spa. So, so you go there, you know, if you want to have a nice treatment. You also have this here, but you know, you, you can visit other cities that are not that far away. Um, in Brno, there's one of the biggest spas in the Czech Republic called Infinite Maximus. And I've been there and I must admit, I've never seen saunas that look so gorgeous from inside. And they have, you know, you go outside and they have uh, benches to lie down and to relax. So, so that is, you can see it's made with so much love that you just enjoy being there. So uh, that is Brno. And, um, and then there are other smaller cities that are just worth visiting just to try out. You know, go there, go into a local restaurant, just point at something and, you know, let yourself be surprised to, to eat something, try their local beer. So, uh, but definitely if you can you name some of the local brands more famous local brands of beer um one that comes to mind is radegast radegast so they uh that one is one then i, I think this one you should know in uh, mexico as well pilsen that that's from a city here in the Czech Republic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Republic. So that comes from there. And then they, they have so many different uh, smaller breweries as well that you can just come here and just try through. Wow. But uh, in, it's in the downtown where uh, there is very famous area where it's uh, like a kind of, um, I remember the building with a, with a clock. It's in the downtown. Oh, yes, yes. That's in the city center. City That's center. in the, the city center, and you will find millions of tourists around it. So uh, if you want to go there, go early. If you want to have a nice picture just of yourself, otherwise you'll have to, to wait until, you know, the tourists just um, give each other space. But that's very gorgeous. And yeah. you will find the Christmas market, the, they have a big one right next to it. Nice. Yeah, bars and restaurants. Yeah, it's, it, that is something you need to see. It's very nice. And Marimar, do you know any website, association, Facebook group that you recommend for people who are, who are expat? So um, if, if you come to visit, I would definitely try TripAdvisor. They have tours you can book in advance, also outside of the city. Then uh, Time Out Prague has some good articles. And then there's a bit more local one. It's called expats.org. CZ, and they have local news in English. So that one is targeted at expats in uh, the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. So that one is one I personally follow to know what's going on here. Yeah, as an expat in English, that is very good uh, resource. Um, and in your case, uh, because your husband is uh, from from there, you don't have problem with the uh, with the visa to live there. No, no, no immigration. Also, also also being uh, German, it's it's not an issue. But I also have friends that are Mexicans that live here and they didn't have an issue, but they're married. So they're married to to, to someone. So, uh, but I, I haven't heard of people having an issue coming here. I mean, it's always wise to uh, 
figure this out before you travel here. I mean, tourist visa, visa is never an issue, but if you want to stay here as a resident, uh, do your due diligence before. <laughs> yeah, and talk to a lawyer. It's the, the basic yes, tip. Or, yes. Okay, you, you have lived in different places and a lot of countries, but we, what is the one that you consider yourself that is the most, your, your favorite? You know, it's, that, that one is a very difficult question for me to answer. Um, I, I wanted to say before I moved to Dubai, it would have been El Salvador because that was when, when I spent my childhood and I was the happiest in my life. Uh, but then in Dubai, I learned that home is where the heart is. And being with my husband there and now here, I realized, you know, the most important thing you need to keep close is your family. So no matter where you are, you're gonna be happy. And so, so you, 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 you pick Dubai, well, the city of Dubai. Uh, what is the thing that you miss the most of living in Dubai? Dubai is very fast paced, so I miss that. I miss the action, you know, one, one day you go somewhere and there's a new cafe, the next day there's something else there. Then people also rotate in a very, quick way in Dubai. People come and go all the time. So no matter where you go, you will always find or, or meet someone that has a very, very interesting life story, how they got there and what they're doing. It's so diverse. It's so fast paced. It's, it's amazing. I love it. So that's something I, I really miss. Diversity. Diversity. <laughs> yes, it's, it's fantastic. It's really good. And it's very an inclusive city. If you want to make the most of Dubai, you really can. You will always yeah. find people that are not happy with their situation. You will find them wherever you are. But, but that it's in everywhere, you know, everywhere. It's everywhere. And I try to surround myself with people that are positive. So you go and uh, you find those people and then you're going to be happy no matter where you are. But uh, Dubai, that's what I, what I learned to really love from that place. So finally, two, two last questions. The first, how did you manage to be competitive in Czech Republic? So tell us your, 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 your keys of success. Well, uh, first of all, I found a boss that believes in me and she's giving me a chance. So uh, I feel, as I mentioned before, that that is just luck, I guess. And the second thing is my languages. Because I speak three languages fluently and some others, at least uh, the basics, um, that's giving me a huge advantage to other people and also the fact that I traveled so much and what I've done in the past. So all of that combined just is really giving me a competitive advantage to other people. What are the languages that you speak? Uh, English? So I speak fluently English, Spanish and German. Then I speak French. I speak basic Chinese, Mandarin and basic Russian. Wow. <laughs> practiced some of them in a long time so it might be a bit rusty by now so but officially german well, english three three are very good you know <laughs> congratulations yeah. so that, that is key very competitive for the languages and all of the things you mentioned before and finally what is the secret that nobody told you and you you you'd have liked to know when you moved to czech republic mm -hmm. something that you say oh if i knew before be easier for me. The secret, you know, I already told the, you. The, the secret is to just believe in yourself first 
and then you radiate that and people will start believing in you as well. I think that that is the thing you really need to realize what your worth is and then go out there and just show that to the to the people because it will attract the right ones and they will see that and they will say I want that person to work for me or I want to work with that person or whatever. So I think that is a key ingredient. Yeah, but for example, you and your case, uh, some some information, uh, something that nobody told you when you move, but when you 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 were there, you discover something that you say, "Oh my gosh, if I have knew this, maybe my life would be different." No, something in particular. Uh, not nothing big. Just for me, it was a bit of a relief. At first, I thought I would really have to uh, speak Czech fluently to be able to do anything here, and then I realized it's not necessary, and I don't want to discourage people to learn the language, but um, it makes life easier. Right, so uh, that is something that, that I discovered, but it's, it's not that massive. It was just a, a little relief for me and to know that I can integrate quickly, even though I don't speak the language. Well, but that is good, good to know to share this, this secret, you know? <laughs> well, Marimar, thank you very much for this conversation and to learn more a little bit the life in Czech Republic and your experience in real estate, your work. Thank you for being here today with us in Women Abroad. Thank you so much for having me. So see you in next episode. Thanks for listening. Visit our website, www.wellum.com, section Women Inspire. And don't miss our next episode.